lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on the air here on Blaze TV Radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab, at least Facebook for now. Uh, you can follow us uh, at Steve Dace Show on Twitter for now uh, and Getter as well, and then get clips of the show that you would like uh, to watch for free. That are also free of censorship here uh, when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. We've got a lot going on here on a Tuesday. We have at the bottom of this hour, Del Bigtree from the High Wire is going to join us. His organization, uh, the Informed Consent Action Network. I remember that, right? I can. Yeah. All right. Wanted to make sure I got the acronym correct. Uh, they are the ones that filed the successful suit against Pfizer seeking disclosure of what really is in whatchamacallit. The first dump of those documents came out right before we left for our spring break uh, NCAA tournament weekend for me. Okay. And we saw all kinds of conflicting reports about, was this in the docu-dump? Was it not, right? We were discussing this amongst ourselves, and then one of us got the bright idea, hey, why don't we just bring on the people who did the lawsuit and have them tell us what's real and what's not, right? Yes. So we are going to do that here at the bottom of the hour. What is in that first doco, doc dump, I should say, document dump from Pfizer? What's real and what's not? We'll get into that with Del Bigtree here at the bottom of this hour. Next hour for fake news or not, I have set aside six clips that I will let Todd and Aaron thus analyze. One of them, you're going to get a true look at what it means to be a sociopath. I mean, how can you say stuff like this with a straight face and not like have any kind of poker tell at all? Like no remorse, no shame. Like I, whenever our kids... They've inherited their father's pension for not being a good liar. I just, I can't do it, man. I just like, believe me, I can sin in plenty of other ways. But the lying, I just, it's like I can't do it. Even if I, even if I try, it just doesn't work out. Same thing with our kids. All three of them have the same thing. They try it and then they start smiling. They can't do it. All right. Um, this though, this individual in this clip that we will play for you next hour has no such problem, and so we will discuss that and other clips coming up next hour for fake news or not. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, over the weekend, the most lucrative trade in the history of American team sports has taken place. Thought I'd never live to see the day that something eclipsed the legendary Herschel Walker trade, if you remember that. It built the Dallas Cowboys into a dynasty, but this one does in terms of guaranteed dollars, in terms of total draft pick value. And for a player, we don't even know how many games the league will allow him to play next year. Because even though the the grand jury decided not to indict, he is still facing 22 different civil suits of some form of sexual assault. So we're going to get into the morality of that Deshaun Watson trade. Something I, I heard this morning, by the way, guys, 
is Deshaun Watson's agent had the Cleveland Browns anticipating that now that he's going to go ahead and actively try to play. And so the the Texans held him out all of last year, kind of, and and the league didn't apply any of its uh, its behavioral discipline towards games that he didn't play. Well, now that he's going to play, the, 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 the Watson camp is anticipating some form of suspension, maybe six to eight games, half a season is coming his way. So they've, had the, they've asked the Browns in the contract that he was given. So he's given this record deal, the most guaranteed money ever in the history of the National Football League for a guy that's never been to a Super Bowl and has, has had to have ACL repairs on both of his knees by 25 with 22 allegations of sexual assault against him in a civil court. So the Brown, so they, they had the Browns pay him only $1 million this year so that the league would not be able to fine him $10, $20, $30 million out of that massive contract that he has. So this first year, it's only like a million dollar base salary so that there wouldn't be that much for the league. They, they tried to finagle the deal to get around the league's suspension, okay, that they know is coming. So we will get into the morality of this, particularly where you and I might be concerned as the father of daughters and what we think about it. Uh, Coming up uh, for Pop Culture Tuesday here later in the program, and I can tell already by the look of utter disgust on Todd's face, this will will be a Grand Torino uh, conversation we will be having a little bit uh, later on in the program. But before... We get to all of that, of course. We begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by day one of SCOTUS nominee Contenji Brown-Jackson's confirmation hearing. She's soft on child porn offenders. The left is trying to make you forget what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, and she's probably going to get confirmed. So, moving on, Joe Biden says there's a cyber attack coming. But, uh, look, today my administration issued new warnings that based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. As I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential, and it's coming. He also added, You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna there's gonna be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. Kamalabaladi Gook update. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. The snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs>
According to Real Clear Politics, former President Donald Trump has the highest favorability rating of any major U.S. political leader. Of course, everybody is underwater. Donald Trump is just the least underwater. Mitch McConnell has the highest unfavorability rating, followed closely by Nancy Pelosi. Locust meet locust update. Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo's lawsuit against his former employer for wrongful termination is producing some interesting tidbits, among other allegations. Cuomo insists former CNN head Jeff Zucker took advantage of favors from former governor of New York Andrew Cuomo. The lawsuit also alleges Zucker counseled Governor Cuomo on how to rebut then-President Trump. An executive at Warner Media defamed Chris Cuomo. CNN anchor Jake Tapper defamed Cuomo. Tapper also provided unethical advice to political candidates. CNN anchor Don Lemon defamed Cuomo. Don Lemon engaged in flagrant ethical misconduct. CNN anchor Anderson Cooper defamed Cuomo. CNN anchor Brian Stelter defamed Cuomo. And Cuomo alleges CNN saw him as less valuable after his brother resigned as New York governor. Red State update, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb is vetoing a bill that would ban dudes from competing on women's sports teams in that state. Holcomb said in a letter he sees no evidence of unfair advantages to men competing on women's sports teams at this time in his state. One of the few women collegiate swimmers to speak out against the University of Pennsylvania dude swimmer Leah Thomas had her Twitter account suspended yesterday. A group of feminists protested outside the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving Championships in Georgia last weekend against the aforementioned dude competing against women. Here's what they had to say. I was historically liberal. I mean, I'm a walkaway Democrat. I am a lifelong registered Democrat who ultimately feels politically homeless. Um, it really started maybe right before Biden, but um, ultimately with the whole Biden election, I began to feel more and more disenfranchised from Democrats. I would say I'm politically homeless now because I don't think the Democrats care about women and girls. The Democrats are not even acknowledging women as a sex class now. Now men can have babies. Men need abortion. It's no longer even a women's issue. And finally this from the Babylon Bee. New York Times announces they have finally confirmed the Watergate tapes are authentic. And that's what happened while we were away. Nice. Ah, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Better Spectacles, where they are now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. That's a 144-year-old company, one of the world's leaders with over 500 patents. Uh, and before, you couldn't get them en masse in the U.S., and then you couldn't get them for problematic prescriptions like mine. Uh, so maybe you had to wear some of the dorkier frames if you had one of those problematic prescriptions, but no longer. You can now get access to those rodent stock frames. That's what I'm wearing right now, in fact, on the set. Uh, and you can do that whether you've got just a regular everyday old uh, prescription or a problematic one like me. Uh, you can get that from our friends right now at Better Spectacles. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve to schedule a teleoptical appointment. You don't even have to live or to leave your house. You can live there if you want, but you don't have to leave there. Uh, it's not an online company with low quality offerings. They're going to give you the same experience online you'd get if you went into one of their stores and met firsthand with uh, one of the best trained opticians in the country. And to get you started, they're going to give you 61% off. Uh, and then also they'll throw in that handcrafted rodent stock frame for the first time for free. Can't beat that. 61% off and uh, to get you started as well as free rodent stock frames when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Coming up in today's overtime.
Uh, first, it was the Babylon Bee's official account uh, banned or suspended from Twitter. Twitter has told them that if they remove the tweet they found offensive, which just basically restated human biology, they would restore their account. The Babylon Bee said, we will do no such thing. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to commit to uh, perpetuating lies to get access to your platform. Uh, they said this through their mucky muck. Uh, is it Seth Dillon is his name yeah. or yep. Kyle Mann are the two mucky mucks there, right? Yes. Kyle's the editor. Uh, Seth Dillon is the CEO. I Correct. Think. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then one of them just got uh, suspended, uh, locked out of his account yeah. for pointing out that you can it, it's you can't apparently joke about human uh trafficking or you, know, you can't joke about genocide but if you're but you're you can have access to twitter if you're the chinese and actively engaged in it right exactly okay so here's what this is about what this is about is no one and i mean no one over the last several years in fact i kind of i cannot even think of a close second no one has more devastatingly and effectively called BS on the BS of the spirit of the age right to its face than the Babylon Bee has. And the devil, what he hates the most is to be mocked. And this level of mockery has just become untenable. And he can't argue. So he has to ban. We'll get into that today in the overtime. All right. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go and you'll be able to watch that later today. We're going to record it right after today's live show, and then we will upload upload it for you later today at blazetv.com slash days to watch on demand later. And blazetv.com slash days is where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber if you're not yet one and get it a discount today at blazetv.com slash days. So the montage. Um And I didn't know what was going to be in your montage today, Aaron, but it sets up perfectly for what I want to say. Because I'm looking at two stories in particular. Every major political leader in America is underwater. Every major one is. Every, every, every one that's known is. And the only reason more of them are not underwater is they're just not known. But they're all underwater. I mean, I saw all kinds of... And I'm hoping that they were meant to be snarky, although sometimes I can't tell. Uh, I saw all kinds of headlines over the last few days from uh, our own peer group here in alternative or conservative media about how Trump is now the most popular uh, national politician in the country. I, I, I hope that that was meant to be snarky. I mean, he's got a minus eight net favorability. It wasn't snarky. I, I but I have a sneaking suspicion it it was not. Yeah, I mean, congrats, bro, for being the one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. I mean, um, uh, movie props, okay, for finding out and learning that in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is absolutely still king. I'm not dead yet. Yes, I then, feel better. Yes, then you go to Eric Holcomb, the uh, scumbag GOP governor in Indiana. State that Trump won, by the way, by 17 points in the last election. So you can see maybe why he might be a little, you know, iffy on a contested, divisive issue. I mean, I mean, it was only a 17-point win. Not a lot of political cover in a state like Indiana, right? Yeah. The Mike Pence Award for courage and conviction. Indeed, indeed. 
but I, this morning at the gym, all right, and I don't want to go full Pentecostal, okay? But you will if you have to. But I will if I have to. <laughs> all right. Because <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this is just a, a personal epiphany that I had at the gym this morning that I was just like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Or if I got a word for you today. So I, I'm just going to lay out what I want to say here at the start of the show. And then I'll let y'all decide, I'll let y'all decide if I just went full Pentecostal or if these are my own trite little thoughts. Okay. Things are actually going well. They're just not going the way we expected. Let me repeat that. Things are actually going well. They're just not going the way we expected. And this has been a challenge for us as a species for thousands of years because we have just enough of the, of the Imago day in us. Just enough ability to forge or fashion some form of our future and current events. That when we have done such fashioning and then things play out in the real and they don't play out the way we anticipated. It's kind of like what Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker says in The Dark Knight. Everybody feels safe and secure as long as there's a plan. The plan could be horrible, as he points out. But if it's all part of the plan... And people are, feel safe and secure in that there is a plan, even if that plan is horrible. There is a plan playing out, I believe. I just don't believe it's ours. And I don't believe it's in the way that we anticipated that it would play out. Now, this has happened before. The Pharisees are, were the heroes of the story. They traced their lineage back to Ezra. When the Sadducees went off on the social justice tip and rejected the Torah, rejected the idea of a resurrection and a judgment, and immersed themselves really in the political machinations of the time. Any of that sound familiar, by the way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two parties, one of them just completely gives themselves over to the spirit of the age in the moment in order to, to negotiate its way through the world as it is, rather than no longer trying to change it. Does that, does that sound familiar at all? It's in a ballpark I'm yeah, familiar yeah, with. So, yeah. Cause it kind of struck a familiar chord with me. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Pharisees were the heroes. We, we know of Pharisees, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, who actually, Paul, who actually end up, Acknowledging Christ as Messiah. But the biggest challenge they had, see the Sadducees are the ones who said, Caiaphas was a Sadducee. He is the one who says, it is better for one man to die than for our whole paradigm to perish. Continue the paradigm. That's our paradigm. That's a Sadducee thought. 
That's a secular thought. That's the adornment of orthodox religion, but you have really, the salt has lost its flavor. You've, you've given it up. The Sadducees were politically offended. The Pharisees were theologically offended. We're the heroes. What do you mean we're not good enough? We're the ones that kept the law. We're the ones through 400 years of disbursement. We built the synagogues. We kept the law. We came here. Our forefather Ezra rededicated the temple. That's our legacy. We lasted through Antiochus Epiphanes. We've stood up to Rome. We're, we've maintained our religious distinctiveness. We're the only sect in all of Rome that gets to do that. In all of the conquered lands, we're the only sect that gets to do that. What do you mean we're not good enough? What do you mean we're wrong? Does that sound familiar too? It does. It does. Because it didn't look the way that they expected it to look. Because after all, nothing good comes from Nazareth. Things are going well. They're just not going the way we thought. See, the first step to any sort of repentance, revival, redemption, restoration, the first step is the truth must be known. That's the first step. Otherwise, all those things would be attempted and based in a lie. And the truth can be painful. It's not always a warm fuzzy. In fact, it rarely is. We are seeing more truth proclaimed right now in our modern culture. Even the, even the difficult conversations we were having with each other yesterday on the show. We are actually seeing more honest and truthful conversations happening in this culture and even within our own media enclaves than we have for a long time. I think we're struggling to recognize it, though, because it's not operating under the paradigm that we are accustomed to. Let me ask you a question. Whom would you entrust your freedoms to? Straight up vote. One-on-one. Joe Rogan or Mitch McConnell? Let me ask you another question. Whom would you entrust your way of life to and preserving your traditions? Tim Poole, who didn't you tell me he started at Vox? I think so. Vox or Disney, one of okay. those two. All right. Tim Poole or in the Indiana Republican governor. Let's play this game again. Whom do you think you have a better chance of having an honest dialogue about what is and what is not objectively true? John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, Kevin McCarthy, or Russell Brand? I could play this game all day. We could do this all day. And if, if, if we are going to remain 
in a pharisaical mindset. If we're going to remain in that nothing good comes from Nazareth mindset, we're going to miss what's happening here. A massive paradigm shift is happening. You wanted God to act. He is. Very visibly. But he has no interest, I believe, in pouring new wine into our old wineskins. I don't think he cares about a more revitalized, committed Republican Party. Particularly after watching us waste our time trying to come up with one for the last 30 years. Now, I know because some of you still can't think multiple things at once. Save me your emails. This has nothing to do about how you want to vote this fall, the following fall, or the fall after that. Do I think things would be better if Republicans got control of the Congress? I do. Just better is on a sliding scale. How many things would be objectively good? Well, I think people like Thomas Massey and Ron Johnson and Rand Paul and the remnant would have some power to get us to some more truth. That's a good, right? But would, would policies demonstrably change? No, because they've already demonstrated under their current leadership, they won't engage in the level of fight it would take to change them. They won't do it. They won't do anything to risk any form of a government shutdown or anything else. So a lot of these policies simply would not change. But it would be good for the pursuit of truth. I think we'd get some answers on some things of the previous 23 months we don't have right now, or we'd get clarification of the answers we think we have, but we're not entirely sure of. That's that's good. That's good. But I don't think, you know, I don't think the price of gas is halved because Mitch McConnell is Senate Majority Leader now because he moved uh, down the hall to a corner, a bigger office. I don't. And if you do, I, I'm thinking maybe our show's not for you. Okay. You should you know, go somewhere else that'll rub your belly. There's a lot of other kinds of those options in this industry and almost all of them make more money than me. So by all means choose, but we're penetrating sectors of this culture with objective truth. We've never been able to reach before. I can't tell you. And these guys are witness to this. How many conversations, private meetings, phone calls, zoom calls I had with major conservative leaders, major figures in our movement during all those lockdowns in 2020, people who had direct lines to the Trump White House to try to reach in them with information. We had no luck at all. Simone Gold sat opposite face to face with the vice president of the United States and showed him the data on hydroxychloroquine. He was the head of the coronavirus task force. Couldn't get him to move at all. But because the truth is getting out despite Silicon Valley's best attempts. But it's, 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 it's like Jesus's parable of the king who has the banquet, the wedding banquet, and the people he always intended to come. He invites them and they won't come. They won't come. They've got other things to distract them. And so finally he gets so frustrated at the end, he says, you know what, throw open the doors and now whoever wants in may come and celebrate this great event. That's what's happening with the truth. Most people on Fox News don't want to hear it. Most people that you pay money to in conservative media don't either, frankly, if we're being brutally honest. And that's why it's now making its way. The truth will prevail. God is sovereign. It's just going to come out of the mouths of Russell Brand and Joe Rogan now. Or, you know, complete cretins like me born to 15-year-old moms. It'll come out of more non-traditional sectors. If we're willing to see with eyes of faith what is happening here, the Babylon Bee getting getting shunned is excellent news. 
whenever whenever Nero, whenever Caesar begins the shunnings, the banishments, he's always on his last legs. That's when he he knows his lies don't work anymore, so he just has to ban. He just has to martyr. We've, as a, as a movement, we have outlived how many Caesars, how many Neros, how many Twitters, how many Facebooks, how many Inquisitions, how many Antifadas. We've outlived them all. And long after they're gone, the church will remain, the true church. If we're willing to give up that it has to look the way that it looked in the past. Give that idol away. Give it up. That doesn't mean don't have any partisan political activity. We, I don't know how you would do citizenship in America without any of it. I hate the Republican Party. I still do partisan political activity. But that's different. That's understanding the utilitarian aspects of the moment to a reverence for it. Give that up. Give it up. Smash it. And then open your eyes and you'll see that things are going very well. They're just not going the way that we expected. And to that end, someone whose name I didn't even know a year ago, Del Bigtree, will join us on the show. Stay tuned. Well, let's not wait any longer because I've been trying to have this conversation for a week and we are looking forward to it. Del Bigtree is here with us. He is host of The High Wire from the Informed Consent Action Network. It is good to see you again, Del. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse. So um, last week, right before we left for what we um, falsely claim is our show spring break, but it's really just an excuse for me to be a glutton for four days and watch every single NCAA tournament game. Uh, a whole bunch right. of <laughs> a whole bunch of news broke about the first disclosure from Pfizer from the docu dump ordered from the federal court based on the lawsuit that your organization won against them. All yeah. right, that that prompted all of this. We we struggled with figuring out on our own what was real and what was not, and then you know we kind of said, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we just go get the people who did the the, the dang lawsuit and ask them? I mean, who, who would know better than them? So that's why we wanted to bring you back again here today, Dale. Thanks for the time. And I just have this. I have one yeah. question to ask, and then I'll ask other questions based on what the answer to this question is. Okay. Yeah. What's real and what's not from this initial docu dump from Pfizer? Well, I mean, we're still going through it. This is a huge document dump. We are, you know, we're getting thousands and thousands of pages. There's more coming. As as you know, the entire uh, purpose of our suing Pfizer on this was that. And, and really, let me be perfectly clear. The, the lawsuit was from uh, many of the world-renowned scientists and doctors that wanted to see this information. So really, who uh, brought this case was Peter McCullough, hosted by a bunch of other world-renowned scientists 
scientists saying we should see this data. Now, remember that uh, President Biden had promised that they would be completely transparent with all of the information, knowing that they were rushing this vaccine onto the market, that they were going to skip out of the proper safety trials. So we were all promised as consumers, since we we're taking an experimental product, that as soon as they had the information, we would see it. But nothing was further from the truth. In fact, you know, and I was, I've already been on your show to talk about, ultimately, they wanted 75 years to release uh, this information. Um, thousands of pages of documents, and ultimately we went to court, and the judge ruled they have to they have to provide all of those all those papers within this year, so 365 days to produce all the papers. And remember, our argument was this: they decided it was safe enough based on this information they had that Pfizer had gotten in their trials. The FDA decided it was safe enough by looking at the this information. They said they could go through it in a couple of weeks, yet they needed 75 years to go through it in a way that they could present it to the public. That seemed ridiculous, and that was the point. I mean, what made you think it was safe? If you could go through all those documents in a couple of weeks, why can't you put them online in a couple of weeks? So that's what's happening. Now, it's hard to get into the details of, of what's, you know, I don't know what's you know, to say what's not, because I don't know what you're looking at that you're referencing. Whether right, that's or not a great point. Let me make one specific you know. question or example then. What went yeah. around last week that claims to be, what is it, 90 pages of adverse side effects or something like that? Right. Um, yes. All right. Is that real? Is that from that docudump? That is from that docudump. Wow. I mean, it is goes on and on. It's like single spaced and it's all of the issues, you know, that they were looking at, um, which means that remember when that list is there, these are what they would say plausible side effects uh, that they were seeing in from this product in their trials. Now, they will tell you that there's no proof that those are being caused by the vaccine, but that they have to be looked at because they are getting these complaints and issues um, and some of them they expected. Some of them expected from earlier trials and things that they were looking at. So some of it was sort of already put in there saying these are things we think could happen. But yeah, you're talking about when we hear that this product is safe and effective and one size fits all and it's great for everybody and there's no injuries. I mean, we know nothing can be further from the truth. They've already admitted the CDC knows that this vaccine causes myocarditis, which is swelling of the heart, uh, periocarditis. Uh, it also causes blood clots and thrombocytopenia. All of this is well documented. But this other list of all the other things, the syncope and the different forms of, of um, uh, paralysis uh, that can take place, the list just goes on and on. One of the biggest ones we're re reporting on this week is a, a world-renowned um, vaccine you know, scientist took the vaccine, and he's got tinnitus. He mm -hmm. said three days after the vaccine, it was like a dog whistle went off, and he couldn't see straight. It is so loud. And he is saying, obviously, the vaccines causes. And as soon as he's come public, he's saying tens of thousands of people are reaching out to him saying, "My, I have the same thing and I'm going to kill myself if someone can't fix it. So these are the lists of, of side effects. I'm just I was just driving in today. And look, I'm not I don't want to, you know, speculate too much, but we've been seeing these athletes get injured. Right. I'm, I'm hearing that Rafael Nadal may have had chest pains in a, in a recent match. Um, in Indian Wells. So we're looking into that. I mean, these athletes, we have bicyclists that are having heart attacks after they cross the finish line and, and soccer players falling face first in the middle of games. We've never, 
I mean, I, this is my point. I can't I'm not even saying that all of those cases of all these athletes that are being injured while playing, that they're all attributed to the vaccine. But I am asking this. When do we ever remember seeing players collapse, professional athletes at the top of their health and the top of their game, collapsing, grabbing their chests on the fields and being carted off? No injury other than what's happening inside of their body. I can't remember ever really seeing that maybe once or twice. And we're talking hundreds of these cases now around the world. So all of these things are what we're looking at. And so, yes, that list is 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 massive of the amount of side effects that they were worried about. And remember, I think the important thing to point out is while they thought they were going to have 75 years to release this data, they were telling us the vaccine was safe, that it was great, everybody should get it. The moment we won that lawsuit, and Aaron Siri, the, the, the lawyer um, who's just brilliant, that won the lawsuit, the moment we won, and then they appealed it, of course, and we won that too, right after that, literally days later, Pfizer sent out in a sort of an emergency statement to all the stockholders saying we need to have a meeting to to discuss that we think we're going to see some earnings drops based on some things mm. that are going to come out about some dangers, uh, potential side effects of the vaccine. So all of a sudden it became a legal requirement for them because they think, you know what, once this information comes out, the stock is going to take a dive. If we don't warn our stockholders, we could be, you know, that's an um, it's a violation uh, I think an SEC violation. So all of this is changing the world as we know it. And so really, really fascinating stuff right now. To that point, uh, I think their stock has gone down, what, like 15 percent or something of market value so far this year, I think I saw. Um, and, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when Hank Gathers collapsed. You remember him, the All-American basketball player for Loyola Marymount. And what a huge story that was. And now we're seeing so many of these constantly that they don't even get covered because it's just not even news anymore to see a collapse, even a lethal collapse of, of an athlete, a major pro athlete around the world. I want us to put, if we can, Dell, because this is my first go around with this subject matter. And so one of the things I've said to our audience all along is that, you know, multiple things can be true at the same time, that it is true. There were more adverse side effects reported to the VAERS database for this jab than any other previous one since it originated right around 90, I think it is but yes. could how much of that can all you need to account for the fact we're putting more of these jabs into more people than we have anything else ever and on top of that there's more coverage and awareness and publicity around it and so that clearly drives up the volume to some degree we have to acknowledge that if we're if we're going to be uh, truth tellers here same thing with this disclosure how much of this you know we live in an era with um, you know, big pharma ads that are 30 seconds and 10 seconds is the is the is the drug. And then the other 20 seconds is the disclaimer. Right. OK. Right. How much of this is regulatory overkill that if they could dare contemplate an event could occur that they're they're, they're demanded with bureaucratic overkill to include it? How much of these did they literally observe in their various test subjects? Do we know the answer to that? Um, that is, I mean, we don't know exactly how many of these cases were observed. That's information we are still waiting for. What we know are these are the instances that these were the issues that they were looking at. Now, why were they looking at them? You know, was it because they had several people that had them? Was it, a, you know, a speculation based on something they saw happening in another vaccine? I mean, that could also be the case where they decided, let's look at this. This is something that we're still waiting to see all of the information on how many actual cases for each one of these events 
events uh, were they seeing? Remember, these were trials with roughly 45,000 people in one of the trials. Uh, I think Pfizer, I'm trying to remember if that was the 45 or the 30,000. I'd, I'd have to look at that. But tens of thousands of people involved in these trials. Now, you're right. I mean, in the end, Ultimately, what we know that historically, because I've done a lot of research of vaccines, mm -hmm. they only look at, you know, issues that they believe, as I said, you know, are probably being caused by the vaccine. They don't just look at every random thought they can think of. They really have to believe that it could potentially have a causal relationship to the vaccine. And so um, that's why they're looking at it. If it's easy to write off, trust me, they do. They don't want this list. Good so yeah. if it's on there, there's a reason it's there. This okay. is like, I mean, we have to remember, this is like any other company in the world, right? It's out there to make money. It wants mm -hmm. to make billions of dollars. It wants to sell its product. So it doesn't give us any information that they don't have to, right? They're not just going to speculate. Which is why they didn't you know, want to give you this information. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly why they didn't want to give us this information. Uh, but again, I mean, you know, how big are these issues? The issues we're seeing right before our eyes, Steve, are alarming enough. If everyone in the news, you know, was seeing it, I don't think they'd be taking this vaccine. You know, we, when we look at um, uh, what's it, McDonald, the, the, the comedian that just plunged, you know, backwards in the middle of her speech. I don't know if you've seen that video slamming her head on the ground and she's on the Dr. Drew show right after it. Right. Black eyes, wearing glasses saying, you know, I got the vaccine like two or three weeks before. And he says, yes, that's exactly the amount of time we're seeing these issues. And Dr. Drew on his television show says, you know, and I have a friend that can't walk across the room and it happened to him right about two or three weeks after the vaccine. This is becoming commonplace, which is very uncommon for our relationship to vaccines. We're not used to hearing this many injuries, as you're pointing out, uh, happening. But this, this syncope, people passing out, POT syndrome, the myocarditis, all of these things are now very well documented, and especially in children. When we're still sitting at a time now where they're talking about the zero to four-year-olds getting this vaccine, you know, I was just looking at the CDC data. We actually, we're going to be talking about this on my show this week on Thursday on thehighwire.com. Uh, Aaron Siri, we do FOIA requests. We keep requesting for the CDC to tell us how many children have actually died from coronavirus. And you know what they just recently said? They said, we don't, we haven't really tracked the data on that. What are you talking about? You're telling us children are dying, which is why we need the vaccine. And yet you, you really haven't at the CDC tracked the amount of actual COVID deaths. Uh, that are out there, but when we look at them, they're right around a thousand. I mean, depending on what sort of you know uh, database you're looking at, somewhere between about 850 and 1300 children in the United States of America have died for COVID in the entire time COVID has been here. There are 75 million children in this country. If you have 1,300, this is this is not, that's a zero. That means technically zero children are dying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like 0. 0.00 something. But also you have to recognize if it's only 850 to 1,000, that's obviously going to be your most sick children. If we look at this, I'm sure you're going to see that they were either suffering from leukemia or cancer or other life-threatening illnesses, just like the elderly that were dying of COVID. And so when we're giving a vaccine that we now know causes myocarditis in children at a level, and, and when we looked at the levels coming out of Israel where they vaccinated their children, what they discovered was in boys, you were three to six times more likely to end up in the hospital from myocarditis carditis after the vaccine than you were to end up in the hospital 
after getting COVID. So we can say unequivocally that the vaccine is more dangerous to boys, especially than the virus is itself. Yet we have a regulatory agency in the FDA and the CDC that are still promoting this vaccine in children. It should really be waking people up to the fact that there's something else going on here, uh, discussions other than your child's health and your child's safety. It's very well put, Dale. You guys are doing the Lord's work here. Uh, we're gonna, we're going to keep up with it. Probably ping you again here in the uh, not too distant right. future when you guys get through more of those documents. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. You take care. Let's get some reaction to what we just heard uh, from Dell Bigtree over at uh, the High Wire as well as the Informed Consent Action Network. Gentlemen, any thoughts? Well, that that part there uh, about not knowing about the kids that was actually said almost verbatim. Uh, by Peppermint Patty over there uh, at the White House uh, uh, press office that we we don't know we, we we it's it's a level of pathology to lie that easily. Dell is absolutely right. There's no ambiguousness about the data or the science on this. And thank this is why I said in 2020, in March and April, this this is a pandemic we would have picked. It did not and never did come like a thief in the night for our children. And they are still lying about that. Because that's because that's the only way that Pfizer is going to keep making money and and the powers that be in the medical establishment are able to scare you into giving them more power over your life. You already gave, you already gave, uh, most of the country did, um, power over, over your life, over your, uh, you know, uh, adults, you know, we, we gave them just power to basically do whatever they wanted to us and our kids. And now they're coming full bore for the kids again. Um, again, as Todd said, the level of pathology going on here and lying, deception and gaslighting, whatever, whatever term you want to call it, it's completely demonic. And as I have many times, I I feel like I'm trying to deduce, you know, uh, what Donald Trump is going to be doing next. And we've already always had those conversations. It's impossible to tell, you know, uh, it's impossible to tell what's driving all of this. Because there's no one thing driving all of it. From the farmer side, it's, it's profits. From the government side, it's control. From your neighbor side, it's wanting to be a part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. All of it, though, is demonic. No matter what angle, way, it, what angle is driving it, it's all straight from the pit of hell. Is there an, is there an entity whose decisions are always for the, the advancement of, of greed, power, and control, greed, power, compliance. Can you think of an entity driven by such impulses? Can you think of an entity driven by such instincts? That's exactly why you you use the word demonic. I believe you used it, Aaron, in an accurate application. It's why I've been using the word much more frequently in my various uh, platforms as well, because I think that's exactly what we're up against. We'll come back. Fake news or not, hour two. And Pop Culture Tuesday is next. All right, back with Hour 2 live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. 
Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Don't forget, you can find us on social media as well. Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Look for Steve Dace. Look for at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And then look for clips of the show that you can watch for free, which are also free of any big tech censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that is rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. If you are a podcast listener, we want to thank you for being one of those. You're a big part of our audience. Please, if you've yet to do this, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow if that's the option instead thanks to all of you that have done that for us it's quite a bit of you and we will take as many of those as we can get so we appreciate each and every one of you for that you know if you are thinking of uh particularly now with interest rates back up all right if so if now you're like hey now i want to go ahead and i'm looking at a mortgage or a refi or a car loan um you you want to have you seen what the price of used cars have gone by the way of like 41% in a year. So it's always been important to make sure you can get the best terms on a loan that you can qualify for anyway. But particularly with the way things are trending right now, every little bit you can do to add to your score to get yourself the best options and terms available matters even more now, which what which is why it matters even more now that you check out our friends over at Scoremaster. I used them last fall to help navigate me to get to the credit score that I wanted to get to for us to have an obscenely low interest rate for our refi. So I know that their information works if you put it to work, as I did. Uh, and how's, here's how it works. They, they give you the information that your lenders and banks and everybody has on you. And nowadays, you can you know, get the Capital One app or the Experian app, and they'll give you a score. But will they lay out for you very uh, transparently why you have that score? And then will they go next level and showing you, here's how you can transparently get to the score you want. That is exactly what ScoreMaster does. Check them out right now. ScoreMaster.com slash Steve. It's free to see how many plus points they think they can add to your score. And then you decide if you want to sign up and, and have them. That's a good enough offer for you to, hey, all right, let's sign up here and I'll partner with you uh, towards that end. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. All right, something's getting, before we get to fake news or not, I'm, uh, something is drawing a lot of commentary I am seeing today. Can you guys guess what it is? Mm, no. 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 It is the shirt I am wearing. Okay. Now, I, I typically break this shirt out a couple times a year, Christmas time, okay? And then the other is spring. It's got, you know, a lot of bright spring colors. And there is, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but there, I, first of all, to the lady who compared my shirt to a tablecloth, sweetie, I'm 260 some odd pounds. Lots of shirts I wear could be compared to a tablecloth, Okay. But that's not important now. <laughs> All right. So, from this is the big debate. Is this shirt a dude code violation? No. The dude code tribunal is always in effect. Um, commence. Is it? No. No? There's many other shirts you would. You are, huh? <laughs> I've, I have so successfully lowered your standards that this can't offend you any longer. No. You find I've got far more offensive uh, clothing that I wear than this. This is totally in your normal ballpark. All right. I'm not trying to be a complete and total. It just comes naturally. I, I just don't care. Is that acceptable? No, th- see, that's the perfect dude code answer. The perfect dude code answer is 
why am I being asked to comment publicly on what another dude is wearing? That is, you know, you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the hierarchy of the dude code. You hit the high, you hit the top. That's the summit right well, there. Well, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get to fake news or not brought to you by our friends over at Novo. They favor the bold, the strong and the brave for your business to break out of anything holding you back. You need business checking as brave as you are from Novo business checking. They are powerfully simple business checking. And unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits and no hidden fees. Instead of a one size fits all approach, Novo is custom customized to your business to save you time and to free up cash flow with seamless integrations from companies like Stripe, from Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join their community of over 150,000 fearless small businesses who have found the customizable business checking model solution that admires their bravery for being entrepreneurial. Get a free business checking account right now at Novo.co. Novo, N-O-V-O, Novo.co slash Steve. That's Novo.co slash Steve. Plus, Steve Dace listeners can get access to over $5,000 in perks and discounts when you take your small business account to Novo.co slash Steve. All right, I've got six clips for you guys this week here on Fake News or Not. And I'm hoping we can get through all six. We're going to begin the first two are the former and perhaps once more president of the United States. We haven't heard from him uh, in this segment in a while, so I thought it would be interesting to include him. So this is the first one. This is Trump on Joe Biden potentially being the end of Israel. Uh, how about Iran? We are told that we're going to be signing a, an Iranian nuke deal any day now. I'm sure this you oppose it. Out, you way. took us out of the nuke deal. What do you think happens just a few months or a year down the road if we go back into that Iran nuke deal and they get a chance of a bomb? Well, it's the end of Israel if that happens. Israel is, uh, I don't think Israel could actually let it happen. It is the worst deal. And also, you're going to see nukes all over the Middle East, and everyone else is going to get them too. Uh, it will be the end because if they have them, Saudi Arabia is going to get them, and everyone else is going to get them, and how can you tell so, them not to do it? So why is Biden doing it? Because he's stupid, okay? Because he's stupid, and because they're stupid, and they shouldn't be in power anyway, but they're destroying our country, and they may ultimately be responsible for destroying the world. All right. Fake news or not, that's that's a pretty... Strong statement. It's also, I thought, very strongly communicated. What do you think, Todd? You want to go first? It's not fake news that they're going to go after uh, getting a bomb. It's the perfect opportunity. There's so much else going on around the world. There's spotlights everywhere else. You, you, you That's the time you absolutely want to take advantage uh, of trying uh, to uh, get it. It's partially fake news that the reason he gives them because they're stupid I, I mean biden is absolutely you know stupid to the extent that he's clearly being manipulated uh, and willing to be manipulated but again the great this is beyond that it is the great reset uh in action and that is far more nefarious than stupid 
I'm giving this an or on the fake news or not. Uh, it's not fake news that they absolutely will try to acquire a nuclear bomb. I agree with that. Um, I, I think it is. You know what? I'm changing this. It's all it's all not fake news. Progressivism and the Great Reset really does a number on a person's brain. I mean, it's your, you say this all the time, Todd. I'm not trying to be confrontational here, but you say this all the time. Progressivism is cancer. Progressivism makes people do stupid things. Yeah. yeah. So in that respect, yep, yeah, they are course. stupid. This is off the beaten path, but I have a question. Do we think you can use messaging as an inflection point because that, that, that makes your message more accessible to people? even if it's not sufficient in the information that it provides yeah. or your messaging just in and of itself could be insufficient. You see the distinction I'm trying to draw. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is it, do you think in this case, Trump is calling them stupid because, because I think all three of us don't believe they're stupid in the traditional sense of the term, mm-hmm. that this is demonic. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So is, do you think Trump is using the term stupid because he think in the literal sense, in a King James sense, which I think the three of us would all agree to some degree, that messaging isn't sufficient in describing the the true zealotry that is driving all of this, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Or do you think that that is calculated language because it makes it makes the Something his more over, complex a little bit yeah, more and more palatable yeah. to absorb? Which do you think it is? Oh no, it's not the latter. That's the least Trump never does that i mean this is just trump being trump and we need more from him and it's probably more than he's capable uh of giving he's he's just being that's the that's the frustration with it isn't it is that he does it's he we don't get from him what we need but at the same time, we get from him more than we get from just about any yes. of these other guys yes. with an R after their yes. name. That's the frustration with all yes. of us. That's why we're always arguing with each other about it. Yes. Because one group, one of, and, and I'm, I, I can be in any given camp at any given time, depending on what the issue is. I can be the guy that's like, I don't know, man, we got more out of this guy. We got anybody else. Or the guy that is like, that ain't, that ain't good enough. That ain't going to cut it. Because both of these things are simultaneously and every bit as certifiably true. Right? Right. You want to add to that, Aaron? You're good. I think I'm good. Okay. All right, let's go back to President Trump again for clip number two, talking about the Vladimir Putin that he used to deal with. I'll tell you something. I got along with him. And uh, look, I got along with him loving this country, and he he loves his country, okay? But he's a different person than he was. He seems to be different. Is he sane? He looks different. He's a different person. Mentally? It just doesn't seem to be the same person I was dealing with. Aaron, to you first, fake news or not? See, I'm calling fake news on this because there was very early in the Ukraine-Russia conflict, there was this narrative being peddled much in the same way the ghost of Kiev and all of those fake news narratives were being peddled that Putin is off his rocker. It was being peddled by the same people who like to peddle those other false narratives, the chicken hawks, as they're, as they're called now. And so just on that alone, just on that alone, I would say it's fake news. Also, also I don't really think that, that Putin is necessarily off of his rocker. Now, I think all things being equal, 
which they are not, looking at things in the vacuum, which we are not in. Uh, I think he's I think Putin is actually acting somewhat rationally. It's in a way that is as a megalomaniac, as a megalomaniac. Yes, he is acting rationally. It just so happens that in his own mind, in his own mind, he's acting rationally and he has, you know, mm, uh, a huge army that he's acting out with. So, uh, you know, I'm going to call fake news on that on on two fronts. Is is this you saying that? um, Yeah, he's acting differently, dude. Um, he thinks that there's a um, dementia patient, dementia yeah. patient in the White House, sure. and so the megalomaniac has decided now's the time to do what I always wanted to do anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, then uh, yeah, it's a different Putin because he knows that um, he can get away with it now. Exactly. Yeah. Todd. Yeah, I'm, I'm fake news for the same reasons I was fake news. I've seen several people in the the media try to say this. I think that is part of the overall propaganda campaign surrounding all of this tries trying to throw anything against the wall see what sticks to manipulate us this is lazy thinking about him just being different is it lazy i mean okay i agree it's lazy but is it lazy punitively or effectively meaning that no man can rise above his own worldview and his worldview is part of the deal and Therefore, there's no other way for his his personal algorithm to compute. I could make deals with this guy and kept him in his cage. All of a sudden, I'm gone, and now the guy's acting. You see what I'm trying to say? That the, the objective evil at this level is difficult for an art of the deal worldview to identify or conf- or, or or characterize. Well, it's beyond the art of the deal. It's it's everything since. Uh, the uh, the initial start with the League of Nations and then with the United Nations, a whole notion of uh, peace in our time. What is it, Francis Fukuyama, the end of history? All of that, it it it's all bunk. What we are coming to realize with a guy like Putin, Putin is littered throughout history. He's not unique. Our lies to ourselves right, about right. peace in our time is what is unique. So that, that, that they just our current version of reality, which doesn't know what a gender is, is simply not capable of looking at a guy like Putin, what motivates him, why X. But he is human history. I I tend to believe I tend to believe actually that the art of the deal thing cannot really grasp this type of of evil because evil for evil's sake that there's no other angle other than just doing evil exactly exactly because i i think if you live in that world if that is your only world view there's always a deal you can make and now when you're when you're when you're confronted with somebody said i don't want your deal i don't want to make your deal here's what i'm doing and you can't stop me that does not compute I want to say more about that, but we've got we've got more clips. So I, I think it's the art of the deal, not the behavior. best pop culture example I can give to cite the Dark Knight again here for the second time today. It's when Bruce Wayne is thinking very art of the deal. All right, this is just another mobster. Granted, it's more fantastical one, but it's another mobster. What's his angle, right? What's he after? And Alfred begins to tell him the story of when he was with MI6 and they went into the jungle and they had the kingpin in the jungle and they and that, that was stealing diamonds and murdering people. And they're like, well, let's just give him diamonds and he'll stop murdering people. And the guy, they gave him the diamonds and he just kept murdering people and they found that he never did anything with the diamonds. And the lesson he learned was what? Just wants to watch the world Sometimes burn. Sometimes some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to clip number three. This is Fox News legal analyst Andrew McCarthy dunking on, or attempting to, we'll let Todd and Aaron decide if this was successful or not, Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley. And do you have, you know, you have senators like Josh Hawley, who really is kind of going after her, saying that when she was on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, that she was, you know, she was giving, you know, she was going light on these sex offenders, pedophiles and so forth. So it, there's a tendency for it to get a little bit ugly as it goes through the process. Yeah, I think that was very unfortunate on Hawley's part. There is a soft on crime case to be made against Judge Jackson, but I think the suggestion that she's soft on child pornography when you get, I, I wrote a column about this at National Review, mm -hmm. when you get into the details of what, what we're talking about, she's not talking, he's not even talking about all sex offenders or the worst sex offenders. He's talking about people who consume images of child pornography and I must say, as somebody who was a prosecutor in the system, there are a lot of pretty hard-nosed prosecutors and a lot of very conservative, tough judges who think that those penalties that Congress enacted, particularly in the, in the 1990s going forward, were way out of whack mm -hmm. in terms of the toughness on the people who were at the bottom end of offenders in, in uh, child pornography. And I think what Hawley has done is conflate all of the offenses that are under the category of sex offender and suggest that she's soft on all of that stuff. And I don't think the, the case is there for that. So uh, Judge Jackson was asked about this, by the way, uh, during our confirmation hearing this morning, in fact. Uh, and she says that the reason she gave pedophiles lighter sentences in these cases is because it's from a, from a legal and statutory difference or statutory perspective, it is different when they are using computers to get volumes of child porn as opposed to physical mail. I don't know what that means. That was just the explanation that she gave. Okay. So, fake news or not, I'm going to let you take this one first, Todd. Go ahead. Uh, I think this is largely fake news. At the outset of this, Andy McCarthy, knowing him, a, a, a reasonable, sober-minded guy, I can have a hearing about, listen, uh, uh, we've kind of made a legal mess out of this. We have to address this. It's heinous, but the way we did it is actually causing more problems than it is solving anything. I, I have, I can listen to that, but it, it, to try to then lose me on the weeds, on the on the nuance of things like that. Whether it's electronically or or materially uh, acquired, is that what you yeah, mean? And yeah, and that like, and, and not giving Holly Holly's the one who deserves the benefit of the doubt he's going after child predators all right why is that guy not getting the benefit of the doubt yeah, the benefit of the doubt goes to the judge yes <laughs> who's, who's trying to what's what do you always say count uh, on the, on the uh, angels that dance on the pin of a needle or something along? Yes, yes exactly when it comes to something as brutal as yes. child uh, sexual violation. Yeah. Yeah. She's looking for nuance and distinctions where yeah. that's concerned. Those are the places we ought to be tempted to throw the words nuance and distinction yes. out, right? Yes. But when you stand up and you say, hey, Roe versus Wade, the, the right for a woman to terminate her pregnancy is the settled law of the land. I don't know why it's that big. If, if you're fine with, at that level with murdering children, I mean, why do you, why are you really all that, your, your conscience is really all that pricked and worked up about sexually violating him at that point? Stuff is exhausting. Yes, it is. Aaron. So I think the gist of this is uh, should should somebody who is in the business of producing um, 
this material, child pornography, be held uh, to account more than somebody who is merely consuming it? Yeah. Where in the world would you get the standards for saying, well, that person definitely deserves five more years in prison than that? Per- where does that standard come from? It's all heinous. What are the people so that are producing? Who are they producing it's it for? Totally, it's totally, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. It's totally fake news. This is the most national review thing that's ever national reviewed. <laughs> let's, Gosh, that's, let's, a, that's a long list. Let's figure out uh, just how long. No, no. Reject it all. The premise of this is stupid. Uh, Todd is right. The person who's actually going to bat for defense of kids should be the one that's given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Well said, both of you. All right. Liz Cheney, not saying what the media probably hoped and expected her to say for a change. Watch. First of all, I would completely stop the negotiations that are underway for uh, re-entering this Iranian nuclear deal. Uh, it is it is absolutely indefensible to be in a situation right now where we're, number one, uh, contemplating giving the Iranians billions of dollars in sanction relief, giving them a pathway to a nuclear weapon. That money is going to be used uh, not only to uh, destabilize uh, probably uh, the world, not just the region. They'll use it to help to fund terrorism and support it. Also, benefits russia directly um first of all her ghostwriter right now is is going through her recent archives of anti-trump screeds <laughs> and is thoughts and prayers to that uh, uh non-gender uh, binary being to, for figuring out okay how can i come up with worse things to say about trump so that i don't i get booked again next week after saying that so thoughts and prayers to your ghostwriter but fake news or not quickly on this one aaron what do you think it's not fake news, uh, but she is. Todd? Yeah, it's true news. I want to I want to rely on something being actually decent and good in this <laughs> Wait until the next segment. clip. Yeah, so, okay, good. Then I'm even, <laughs> my instincts are even more right. All right, we're scraping the barrel, man, yeah. when you're like, I just got to align with Liz Cheney from my own psyche right yeah, now. Yeah. Yes. Which is, you'll notice the order I put these in. I know you guys would be very broken by the time we got here. <laughs> okay. That's why I'm like, and here's Liz Cheney for your pick-me-up, right? Uh, all right. Imagine saying this with a straight face. I want to set up a quick back and forth between you and Howie. The Hunter Biden laptop, New York Times comes out and says, hey, it's legit after all. Uh, you know, Facebook was going to do a fact check, never did it. Twitter never happened. And you think nobody has apologized at all for this. They were wrong across the media, Juan, and nobody has said, you know what? We, we screwed that up. It wasn't Russian disinformation. No, but I, th- I think there's a larger context here, which is that what was this about? What does it prove? Nobody said it wasn't true. That what was said was that you can't authenticate it and then you had certain publications that said we have authenticated how do you say that with a straight face aaron go no no one said it wasn't true we just said we couldn't authenticate it that was his point of his question todd you guys they never fact checked it they that was another what's fact check what's a what's a synonym for fact check guys Authenticate. authenticate That was his question, numbnuts. His question was, why didn't they try to authenticate this? And Williams turns around and says, well, no one said it wasn't true. They just couldn't authenticate it. Isn't that what a fact check is? No, actually. What a fact check is, is how dare you disrupt the devil's Overton window 
and we call a fact check on you because you actually submitted facts. That's really it's a narrative a, pruner. Yeah, that's exactly what a fact check is. We don't have to respond anymore to that. I just wanted you. I wanted to see the looks on your faces when I played that clip, like the look you have on your face right now, Urson. All right. Nobody said it wasn't true. We just couldn't authenticate it. And we never tried. He left that part out of his answer. All right. Finally, we end with Bill Maher. There's the Republican Party. It used to stand for something, being heartless squares, but something. (laughs) Oh, and patriotism. They always wanted you to know they loved America more than you. America first. Love it or leave it, flag pin in the lapel, thank you for your service, America. But now, Tucker Carlson is literally reciting Russian talking points, becoming so valuable to the Kremlin that they put out a memo asking their propaganda outlets to replay as much of Tucker Carlson as possible in Russia. After the Capitol riot on January 6th, 147 Republican lawmakers in a congressional vote objected to the certification of an election they knew was legitimate. Okay, you can't be the super patriots who love America and also run on a platform of let's ignore the vote. You can't represent a form of government you yourself don't believe in. If you do, then you have to get another name, like maybe the Trump party. He's pretty modest about putting his name on things. All right, fake news or not, and I won't even ask, I won't even tell you what context I'm asking this, because that's, to me, part of the answer you're about to give. Who wants to go first? I will go first. I volunteer as tribute. Um, <laughs> this, most, most of this is actually true news. Now, the fake news part, let's get to that first. The fake news part is that he's talking about Republicans. Well, most Republicans I've seen, most Republicans I've seen, especially in Washington, uh, sound a whole lot like Maria Salazar, that Republican from, uh, I think that's her name, Maria Salazar from Florida. We have to impose a no-fly zone. Do you know what that means? No, but freedom is never free. Like, just that's slogan machine. just slogan machine, yeah. not really understanding that we could be on the brink of World War III if we don't act with some form of adult behavior. So from that standpoint, it's fake news. If he's talking about Republicans, meaning middle America, Republicans meaning uh, those of us who are, um, you know, traditionally identified with the Republican Party conservatives who uh, feel homeless right now. It's actually kind of true news because he's talking about a different America than the one that uh, than the one that we wore the flag on the lapel for. Thank you for your service, America. We're living in a different time in a different era and the government that sits in D.C. right now does not represent us and hasn't. And we're right waking up to the fact that really hasn't for a long time, even when we were wearing the still wearing the the flag, the American flag on the lapels. So from that standpoint, it's it's not fake news. It's just not the way that maybe he intends it. Todd, this is true news and it's uh, has nothing to do with the details that he said. This is exactly who Bill Maher is. It, the, 
We're under no illusions. He's not Team GOP. He's not Team Steve Dacio. He's not any of that. He's always thought this about Republicans. And you could still go on his show and you'd say, okay, you want to talk about this electioneering that you think? Okay, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Let's talk about hanging chads. What did you say about that then? If you wanted to talk about Tucker Carlson is defending Russia, he's okay, what about you when you said uh, terrorists were actually brave, the ones who drove the planes into the buildings? He said all kinds of things that if you had, and then he, and he would rationalize them. Oh, this is what I was trying to say. And he would try to do what uh, for himself, what he's not willing to do for Tucker right here. This is exactly who Bill Maher is. He's been right on a lot of things. This isn't remotely surprising to me. There's no gotcha. There's no anything. This is just Bill Maher. I am not surprised about any of this in any way, shape or form. Who is surprised that this came on the heels of it's the very next episode after he does that interview with Ben Shapiro. And after he talks about why are we letting, you know, three-year-olds determine their gender, how much of this do you think is uh, an offering? Were we just discussing privately amongst ourselves? How much long do you think, how much long do you think he's going to survive on HBO? How much of this do you think is just time to try to shore up his own street cred, given some of the places he's gone in the last year and a half? In many, many Democrats, people all left, I think you're right. I don't think Bill Maher cares. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, actually. He'd have yeah. us on the show to debate him on. I hope you're right about that. I hope that he doesn't care. I don't. He clearly doesn't care, but does he doesn't care, if yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. at that kind of level. I hope you're right. All right, we'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. Well, if you're a dog owner, you know that pet means more uh, than just food and water. He's part of the family. That's why its health and happiness is important to you. And when it comes to that health, well, chances are um, it's missing uh, a few things. Same thing with our diets. That's why we take so many supplements these days. A lot of that stuff is stripped out of our food before it ever leaves the factory because they want it available for mass distribution. And the same thing happens to a lot of the foods that we buy for our pets as well. And thankfully, though, they've now got their own supplement and it's called Rough Grains. It's the supplement powder you mix in with the food your pet loves. And if your pet's any any bit at all like our pet, Cap, he'll love it even more because Cap freaking loves this stuff. All right. Uh, it is uh, loaded with vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, all the good stuff. Mix it in with your pet's food. And with that one simple act, you've helped restore your pet's diet to a more healthy balance. Now, you might be wondering, though, maybe my pet won't like the taste or maybe it really won't make a difference in our pet. Well, that's where we give you this first 14-day jumpstart bag for free to find out. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. We do ask you to pay for the shipping because a lot of times when we get stuff, you know, completely free, we don't do anything with it. You know, so now you're at, least, you're at least a little pot committed here. You pay for the shipping. We give you the bag for free just to see if it's right for you. When you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Remember, they spell it R-U-F-F or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday to finish it out here uh, today. We do this each week where we look at the intersection between what's going on within pop culture and then what we care about, what we're trying to conserve as conservatives. And I want to discuss, the what I, according, according to everything I've seen and researched, this is the biggest player trade 
in the history of American team sports. This is even bigger than the Herschel Walker trade. Three number one picks, three of them. A second round pick as well. And a couple of other draft picks. I believe it's six draft picks in all. Guaranteed money, $230 million guaranteed dollars. For Deshaun Watson, who did not play. Now, full disclosure, prior to this sordid affair, I was a huge Deshaun Watson fan. He has an incredibly inspiring life story. I mean, he is the embodiment of the American dream. It's like Jawan Howard, you know, sleeping in his grandmother's, you know, dresser drawer for a crib, you know, inside a Chicago demilitarized zone and then ends up signing the first $100 million contract in NBA history. Okay. It's that kind of a, you know, an incredible story. And, and he had like Warwick Dunn, remember, was also involved in Habitat for Humanity and a lot of that stuff. And Deshaun has been in the past. So that's why a lot of people were shocked when early last year it came out and came out and out and out and out 22 times. 22 different women, and there was a pattern. A lot of these occurred at massage parlors or things of that nature. All right. 22 different women came out and alleged that he had attempted some form of unwanted sexual advance vis-a-vis to sexual assault. Uh, give me a happy ending, et cetera, to even more overt things or things where it was clearly he was hinting at these things. All right. 22 women have filed a civil lawsuit against him that is still making its way through the courts. The county attorney down there took a look at their allegations, took it to a grand jury, and attorney, county attorneys don't, you know, DAs don't typically do that unless they're trying to get an indictment. The grand jury in Deshaun Watson's case last week refused to indict. And so once that cleared the criminal threshold, we then saw several NFL teams come in to bid on his services. He did not play a down last year. He was held out of competition by the Houston Texans because of these allegations, because it was kind of uncertain the entire year where they were going to go or if they were going to go anywhere at all. Plus, they were trying to tank. So, they've now traded him. This is the biggest bounty and guaranteed contract in American team sports history. Even without the 22 assault allegations, we are talking about a guy who has already had ACL repairs on each one of his knees, okay? Um, and as great as, as great as his numbers were, I mean, the Houston Texans, his last year as a starter, were not a good team in 2019. Like, you wouldn't foresee Aaron Rodgers playing 80% of the Packers games, and they would be like 5-11, and 11, right? right? Would never happen, okay? Um, you know, so there, there's a bit of a Matthew Stafford thing there. I mean, how much of it is stats, and how much of it does he actually raise a team, but now in this case, he's going to one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. And they're kind of in a win-now win mode because it's hard in today's NFL to hold on to guys on a roster, hold it together for more than two or three years because of the salary cap, right? And so that's why the Browns are like, this is our shot. We're going all in right now. And his agent cleverly had the Browns pay him a base salary of only $1 million for this season, anticipating that now that he's going to play, the NFL will come in and do some sort of suspension. Now, the precedent being cited for this was it about 10 years ago where Ben Roethlisberger was accused of assaulting a woman in a bar bathroom, I believe it was, down in Georgia. The DA came out uh, and called uh, Roethlisberger every name in the book, basically, but said, I don't think I've got 
enough evidence from this witness that I could get a conviction in front of a jury. And the NFL did step in. I believe he got like a, a six or an eight game suspension. And then it was actually then reduced kind of for good behavior, I think is what it was. Right. So there's a lot of thought that that's what the NFL will do here. And that means no game checks. A lot of times NFL players are paid only two times a year when, with a signing bonus when they sign on or sometimes a roster bonus in the offseason. But most of their pay is in a form of a game check. Okay. And so in order to not have the NFL taking away a lot of his money via game checks, the he's negotiated a deal this year to only be paid a million dollar base salary. So that the NFL doesn't have that much money to confiscate for those game checks. So... And a clear act of contrition and, re- and remorse. <laughs> All right. So for Pop Culture Tuesday, I have two questions, gentlemen. With that now, context laid out. Number one, would you have traded for Deshaun Watson if you were an NFL GM? And then number two, would you have any issues playing with him as your teammate? especially at a the, the most high-profile position in all of American sports, quarterback. He's the face of your franchise now. If, if you were a father with daughters, would you have an issue with this? Who wants to go first? You want to go first? Because that sure. actually applies to you. Go ahead. Uh, I would absolutely not uh, have him on my team as a GM. And, and, and let set aside this ridiculous deal, which is, you know, the, probably the most Browns thing ever. I mean, they're just a notoriously desperate organization. They made all kinds of quarterback mistakes in the past. Uh, I'm hoping this is another one. I would in no way, shape, or form do this. But the second one, it, would I, if I was on that Browns team in the game, would, would I play with him? Uh, listen, I, I'm, I, if I'm me, I obviously make my opinion heard uh, no matter what. But assuming this... Uh, what you've laid out is all accurate. I, I don't. This he's not very unique in terms of professional sports. There are plenty of good guys, and they're not all a bunch of male prostitutes. But are we like? There's guys that spend every night trying to hook up with another woman, get paying for. They, they, I I think this. The, the, the thing Who that, was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP for the Pats a couple years ago? Short little wide receiver. Edelman. Julian Edelman. Yeah, yeah He has a very well-endowed uh, uh, Tinder account that made its way into the gossip pages, for example. Yeah, so I don't, like, if, I, I wouldn't be able to, I don't think I'd be able to play NFL football on any team if I had it. Now, this guy's the face, he's the quarterback, uh, that, that does take it to a different standard, but I don't think you're going to be able to play NFL football on any team if you've got a problem with loser guys who treat uh, women uh, disrespectfully because they're on every roster. So do you view, since there was no criminal indictment, you then, and I'm, I'm just asking. Yeah. Okay. You then view the, the current allegations in that form of a context then. Yeah, that's that if, assuming. That you're, you're assuming that if they had real concrete evidence that he had committed actual assault. Yeah particularly in today's environment, that there would have been, and, and, and there's no, it's not like you're taking the star quarterback off the team. Everybody knows he's not playing in Houston ever again, right? Mm-hmm. So you can only gain points here as a DA, right? No one's going to blame you later on that you're the reason yeah. we lost our quarterback. Everybody knew he was never playing for the team again. So if they could have gotten an indictment 
with a baseline of evidence with 22 allegations, they would have. Is that kind of what you're, you're, you're thinking? Yeah. And in terms of smoke, but no fire, listen, I, again, is it this, this guy, if I was, if he tried to do this to my daughter, yeah, I'd want to hit him. But what happened? Did he make them feel uncomfortable in a way that is inappropriate or did he actually commit a crime? We are littered with legal cases, uh, so-called ethical cases, uh, crimes against humanity right now where people were made to feel uncomfortable. And once you see the possibility for money coming in, does anybody think that that's not possible? You know, you got one on this, then he's clearly just a jerk and he's done this in every city he's ever gone to, and he just really doesn't care about anything other than sexual gratification, so he treats them like a mark, which is, which is again, terrible, but not necessarily illegal. This just simply speaks to my point, of going back to your two specific questions, I'm not giving him an out. I absolutely would not hire the man, but could I play next to him? I think there's, on every team, there's a guy like him already. So I wouldn't be able to play NFL football if I couldn't play with that guy who treats women like crap. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I, I've been just loosely listening into this conversation. I, 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 I tend to agree with Todd. It would be really difficult playing or being a general manager of an NFL team if you're in the position of, uh, you know, that we, we having the worldview that we have. First of all, stipulation, every one of us are sinners. Secondly, um, not all sins have the same consequences. Mm. Thirdly, uh, not all consequences for all sinners are the same based on who those sinners are. Kareem Hunt and uh, Deshaun Watson in the same city. Uh, There are a plethora. Tyreek Hill is one. Now, by all accounts, it seems like maybe he's turned that portion of his life around. Um, But Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, he's got a sordid past with just terrible domestic abuse. You can pick out multiple guys, probably a handful of guys on every team in the NFL that have a sordid history and are probably all, probably in most cases or in a lot of them treated pretty leniently based on who they are. Are you okay with that as a general manager? That would be a really tough road uh, road to, to go to walk down. I will just say in this particular instance as well. I would not be I would not be uh, comfortable employing Deshaun Watson. This is a really weird comparison, a really weird comparison, uh, a little bit of um, uh, I, I don't know whiplash. I guess this whole thing with him kind of went down the way Ravi Zacharias did. Where I didn't, because of his yeah, background. Yeah, you're right. It's a very similar because, story. Because of his background. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to give this guy a little bit more benefit of the doubt than I would the average NFL player. Hmm. And then where there was smoke, there was a lot more smoke. Hard to do. And there was a lot more fire. Yeah. And um, I would not, I, I would probably not uh, make this trade. Um, there's, there's also just, let's just throw morality out the window too. Paying this guy this much, really? 
isn't this the Ka- Colin Kaepernick uh, comparison that we've made before? Whereas he's a good quarterback, he's not that good to overcome all of the baggage that he brings along with him. That I think applies here as well. If you if you throw the morality question and the character sure because it's, it's an overall risk associated ratio. Yeah. So Deshaun Watson, let's look at the let's look at the conference he's going into. Who do you want starting a playoff game, Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes? Pat Mahomes. Okay, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Okay, Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert? We don't really know because Herbert's mm, not made the playoffs. Yeah. So, but probably Deshaun Watson. Probably Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but but would it would 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 you like be offended no. if someone's answer was Justin no. Herbert? Right? No. Okay. Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Lamar very, Jackson. Yeah, they're very similar. I, I'd probably lean toward Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, he's got to be loving this deal. Are you kidding me? Lamar Jackson's basically That's got the true. same numbers as Deshaun Watson without That's two true. knee replacements and tw- and and has a, a pretty squeaky clean reputation off the field. I mean, what's his guaranteed contract going to look like, right? But so we just went through the list of quarterbacks that he's got to beat to justify this deal, right? Because this this franchise is in a Super Bowl or bust mode right now, right? Because mm-hmm. they were in the AFC Championship game just two years ago, right? So yeah. it's Super Bowl or bust for them. And we just went through all the quarterbacks he'd have to go to to get to the Super Bowl. And the only one that we thought we would maybe for sure start him over is the guy that just hasn't made it to the playoffs yet in Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. right? That Doesn't that kind of make your entire argument you were just making right there? Then, you throw, then you throw in the baggage and everything else... That is a, that's a hella risk, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, you have any thoughts on that? Oh, that. When you look at the full complexion of the, of, of the risk that the Cleveland uh, franchise took here. Well, it's, that's why it's the most Cleveland Browns thing ever. They're notorious for making bad decisions <laughs> but, on quarterbacks. But other than that, I mean, it would, that has no bearing. He, he, he could be at the top of that list and as a GM. I, I do not make him the face of my franchise. I, I I would not be able to look my children in the eye. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I just haven't covered sports professionally for a long time and then followed it. I just uh the 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 the, the mind is willing and the the flesh is weak. Yeah, There's that- a reason why every few years the baseball players and owners go round and around and around because the owners can't stop themselves from cutting so many bad contracts. <laughs> All right? I mean, I just I I've, I've been around it long enough to know the competitive ego, the desire to win, it's just all it's just all male id, man. It all of it is. And and those sorts of safeguards are often just completely ignored, which is why sometimes you do have to approach it from an overall risk assessment scenario remember, as opposed to cut and dried morality. Do you remember the Carlos Beltran Mets contract? That was, was it, like the huge, that was like the biggest yeah, thing ever. Yeah. $119 million for seven years. That's Are the like, Mets still paying Bobby Bonilla? I believe so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.